It is Saturday, the 15th of July, 2017, and this is episode 314 of Digital Outbox. Welcome to uh, British Grand Prix weekend uh, edition of um, Digital Outbox. And of course, to be themed against that, we're going to be covering nothing to do with that. Uh, I am Chris and hello, Ian. You're here as well. Good afternoon, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the way it's British Grand Prix weekend and let's talk about everything but that. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's give you a break from that because I'm sure everyone's settling in for the... Uh, mundanity that will be a dry british grand prix right let's get some news on the table uh google DeepMind nhs medical trial broke uk privacy law this was we covered this um not that long ago but this was a a, a, a trust a medical trust sending data to google that then used its deep mind division to try and figure out um, early signs of people getting uh, kidney, I think it was kidney failure or kidney injuries. Um, and at the time, there was a little bit of a kind of how come this data got <laughs> sent to Google and what was involved in it and that we were told that it was anonymized information, things like that. But uh, the information commissioners have um, effectively slapped um, this the, 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 the uh, trust on the wrist and said, uh, you should have done a lot more to protect um, the anonymity of that data and you should have also told people a lot more precisely what you're going to do with the data. I'm guessing it's one of those cases where the privacy policies are theoretically in place, but they don't specifically make things clear. They just, you know, we can do what we like with your data. Thanks very much. Goodbye. Yeah, I think that was the biggest issue. The, 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 you you may have signed up or you may be saying something to say you could use my data, but it didn't mm-hmm. really you know exactly say where it would go, that they would share it with others. Um, and that I think that was the biggest issue, you know, that, that people weren't aware that, you know, their data was now sitting with Google, even if it's anonymized. Somebody might yeah. say, no, I don't like that. I still I still think there is, there is much to be um, gained from sharing this kind We've of data. Seen, yeah, we've seen this kind of style of... Um, prediction and, and working out via you know via these neural networks and things like that um happening more and more often and this is coming up more and more therefore it's just going to be a thing it's we're going to have to figure out how does this get done i think yeah like like you said it's the, it was just you know as a as a person who might go and visit uh you know the the surgery locally you don't expect that that data then gets just farmed off to big american corporations without really um your consent and i think that's kind of where we're sitting here um i'm sure they'll sort it out because i also think there's a lot of potential benefits to this kind of um the practice of 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 deep deep learning on on you know things that we we can't pick up but computer can pick up these patterns yes and if you look at if you look at research that takes place as well you know they're doing like trials on you know 100 people and a thousand people and if you just can if you can scale that up you know, and get yeah. you know, get AI to actually go and look at results and spot patterns that humans can't spot with the with the data sets. So as ever, it's like this it's this sweetie jar, this honey pot of data that they can see sitting there tantalizingly with all the answers that they want in it. And sometimes people just, you know, give it away a bit too easily without actually thinking, how do we get that and, and is it our right to give that away? So that's kind of where we're at. Uh, you know, the, like I say, there's 
I'm sure people with good intent uh, want to use that data for good purpose. Unfortunately, things change and people, you know, people don't have such, such good intent or initially good intent turns to bad when that data then gets leaked or the outcome of that data leads to people having problems with getting health insurance, all those kind of things. And that's why it needs to be carefully controlled. Um, right. One of the most important things, according to the government, is the uh, making sure we have full fibre around the UK. Uh, and they are define that as uh, trying to get one gigabit per second available to households and businesses. Um, and they're having problem getting that done because as much as they say it, <laughs> no, no companies have the upfront money to try and roll this network out. So government's put a bit of money up there, supposedly to help with some of the smaller firms try and compete with the larger uh, BTs and virgins of this world. Um, but it, I think, is it 400 million they've done? Yeah, yeah. And, and this was already pre-announced. Yes, you know, so they've this already is announced a, this before. <laughs> you know, so they announced it last year. They basically just tried to do another, you know, we're spending 400 million, but there's only so many times you can see you're spending the same 400 million. I'm guessing they're trying to make it sound like they're putting all this extra money in when actually they're just announcing the same amount of money again and again and again. And as everyone knows, the that that is a tiny per, you know percentage of what's actually required to do this. Um, and a, an interesting figure in this, the article we've kind of referring to that... Um, We've got about 2% penetration on our ultra-fast broadband so far, but Spain has actually managed to get to 80%. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure it's to do with geography and where people live and all those kind of things, whereas the UK might be sp spread out and they're in, more in these centres of population. But nevertheless, it's quite uh, quite telling that, that, that we're that far behind. And, you know, I guess it's the haves and have-nots, uh, as is always said. Yep, and um, you know, according to Labour, they're, they're saying that we're on track to be 7% by 2020 if the current rate is maintained. I'm sure mm -hmm. the rate will start to go up, but it's not going to be 80%. Um, you know, and that's where Spain are now. Uh, and, and we're just, you know, so much of what we do, you know, we, we've, we've covered it before and everybody's got Netflix, Amazon Prime, Sky is moving to a, you know, yes, a, no, totally. a no dish solution. You know, and it's just so much is going to depend on fast, fast reliable fibre. It's generally just general shopping is now going all online. And if you don't have a reliable, you know, there's there's villages that do not have any internet at all. Uh, still, you know, around, you know, no option of, of internet. I would. Um, I, I, no, I, I, was, I was just going to say the HS2. Oh, we've got we've got lag on the line. No, oh. but but it's, it's I, I we need we need to, faster broadband. I think we're trying to compete <laughs> to who would say HS2 first because I was about to say that as well. So there you go. <laughs> No, just can you imagine what that that amount of injection into this project would do with HS2? I don't know how many billions they were talking on that. If it, even in the trillions, maybe I can't remember how far it got. Was it not um, forty billion and rising to sixty billion? There you go. So sixty billion. You know, if you put that towards this project, you'd suddenly have a massive kickstart to it. Um, because this is an infrastructure project. This is this shouldn't be down to private sector to to wholly take control and try and move this on this this is infrastructure and it needs coordination it should be done centrally uh, and that's the most efficient way of doing it as well so there you go no i totally no i totally agree it's like if, if you want to make i, I think you know and, and there's a lot of kind of grandstanding right now about big infrastructure projects and hs2 would take 20 years but take that 40 billion and go and just invest it in fast fiber everywhere it would just make so yeah, I mean, much like, sense. The, the amount of benefit to having that extra connectivity around the country would be far greater than moving some people up, you know, up and down the country a bit faster um, from key location to key location. It's, you know, that 
I don't think it takes a genius to work that out. I don't think that the, the, the arguments mean short. Unfortunately, someone doesn't stand to learn a lot of money out of it, and that's probably what it, it comes down to. So and it's not a massive vote winner <laughs> either. You know, so in the grand scheme of things, you know, is it going to is it is it going to win somebody a general election? That, and, and that's the tipping point. I think there will become a tipping point where people do think it will win a general election, and then we'll see a bit more action on it. I guess that's what we're waiting for at the moment. Um, keeping on the internet side of things, um, some interesting developments along the kind of lines of net neutrality. We've been hearing stories in the US. There's lots of um, protests going on at the moment because the Trump administration, the person in charge of net neutrality, is talking about watering it down now. Um, whereas before there was a long fight to make sure it kept net neutrality in place and they won that fight. It now looks like they're going to go against that and go back to their, um, the ability to throttle based on traffic or based on provider. Um, and in the UK also we're seeing um, some interesting angles on this. So in the UK we've got this sort of net neutrality, but three among others, uh, three telecom among others, are now offering meter-free streaming of certain services, you know, selected services, be that uh, Netflix, I think the SoundCloud, Deezer, and the TV player as well. So if you're on their network streaming those services, you do not actually count that against your limited data bandwidth. So it's another way of influencing a market and uh, giving preference to a service um, without actually <laughs> getting interfering with the individual packets of data itself. Yeah, and I... Uh... I don't, I don't particularly like this. Uh, it doesn't feel like a level playing field. I know it's all in big companies at the moment, so it's not it's not impacting. Um, but it just it just doesn't feel right that that certain companies are getting a leg up. You know, they're paying for for basically free access, and that that to me is a net neutrality issue. It's big news in America right now because um, Trump's um, newly appointed commissioner over there is basically easing back on all the net neutrality regulation that was brought in. Um, and I, 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 we were just talking about this last night. I got a, I got a text off of um, EE saying six months Apple Music free, and by the way, we won't, you know, any usage on Apple Music won't count towards your data cap. Mm. And it's like that, it's happening more and more. And this is obviously that will influence someone's buying decision. It'll get, it means that it stifles any competition because people are going to go to those services rather than try the, you know, whatever the maybe the best alternative is. And it's, it's bought around by big companies paying firms for that you know to offer yeah. that service um, it's a big differentiator when you look at a, a you know if you look at probably you know google play and spotify and uh, you've got amazon and you've got apple music all saying they've got you know 20 30 million tracks it's like we've, we've got what you need you know and it comes uh, down to smaller things and it's like that that could be a really big differentiator now and like we've said before when we're not you know even though we've got our phones and we rely on them whatever i don't think we're truly part of the mobile generation who you know some people their phone is their only device and therefore if they've got a service which they can use unlimited and listen to their music all the time on rather than feel limited because their package is quite you know it's quite limited on bandwidth uh, suddenly that makes such a big difference that actually it really does make a big uh, impact on that buying decision so yeah uh, it's it's definitely something i think it's not the most sexy of um, news stories and so we don't hear too much but uh, it's still worth bleating on that it is going on be be aware of it and be cautious of it twitter is now going to let you mute notifications from people who don't follow you um so they, they've had this mute notifications the other way around for a bit where you can um if you I, I, 
I can't remember which way around it is. This is I get I get so lost. But anyway, they've reversed this switch so you can now mute anything you like. <laughs> so basically, you don't have to hear from anyone if they don't take the time to uh, follow you. Yeah, I think this is a this is um, some of the steps Twitter try to do to to stop the abuse in the platform. Mm. Or, you know, so like you can you know. And I'm seeing an egg, but they're not eggs anymore. You've, there's a kind of strange profile picture now. But <laughs> yeah. so basically, that was the, the whole eggs. thing. It was, it was like, you know, lots of people are saying, just, just make it that, that an egg can't reply to this. You know, so that you're not giving them any. You know, you're basically taking their oxygen away. They can't reply to something. They can't get involved in the debate. You know, they can't, they can't be a, an asshole basically <laughs> online. Mm. Um, and people, or, or if they do, you know, people can't see it as part of that conversation. Um. So and, now and you don't, as well. So as well as being able to mute and they're not getting involved, they also now, yeah, they can't. If they do message you or if they do do this, that, the other, you. If they don't follow you, then you don't have to. Well, you don't have to be bothered by that notification. Yeah, and and part of it probably is for like, you know, I think there's always had something in for the kind of big celebs of the world, but I think this is also the, you know, the kind of activists out there that are just getting. You know, mm. so much abuse. I mean, even yeah. this week we had, you know, Theresa May saying that, that we have to do something around this because she's, she's, I think she's only realising how much abuse some people are getting online. Mm. You know, it is getting, it is getting to like ridiculous levels. Yeah, and how vicious it does get and how serious it, you know, it, yeah, absolutely. it does get. Yeah. Microsoft 365, a new offering, which is basically going to be Microsoft giving Windows and Office in one package, available for business as one subscription service. I don't think there's any sign of exactly how much it's going to cost, but it's going to be a monthly cost per user. Uh, and like I say, it's a package that's designed to get companies to upgrade to Windows 10 because there's still that lag in the market, probably due to licensing as well as people being reticent because they think it's going to break everything that they've got internally or probably will break everything they've got internally and they have to deal with the out, outfall of that. Um, but nevertheless, this is the direction we've seen it. So many companies are going down this this subscription service and Microsoft now are actually extending that to be you know, operating system and your business software at the same time. Yeah, and I, I think it's a good step. We're seeing, we're seeing. I think for certain companies, this just takes away, you know, so much almost startup costs. You know, if you've got five, ten, hundred users, you know, you know, you're going to be paying a monthly fee. Um, everything's up to date. I've got Windows. I've got Office. Um, I've got a mobility and security package there. All my employees are online. They can access everything from wherever. You're kind of yeah. They don't hit that. You know, in two years' time, when the next bit of release software comes out, they don't have to just make another buying decision, and they don't have to worry about upgrade costs. And it just it happens, and therefore, it happens organically. And then they don't have to, you know, it's not such a big thing. They didn't leave it since Microsoft, you know, <laughs> Windows Seven or even ninety five. You know, they've been stuck since they made that last buying choice. Uh, and it's certainty around costs as well, isn't it? So. We're gonna. We've seen it more and more. I think it's going to become the only way to buy software soon because software companies make more from it. Make sure that users are on the latest uh, edition all the time. Makes things a lot easier in the long run. Yeah, and I think that I mean, they're, they're, they're splitting it's under three hundred users as a kind of smaller version, but the larger version comes with Yammer and Skype for Business and SharePoint and Exchange and mm. you know there's a there's a lot there you know and it's I guess it's putting a lot of maybe traditional IT you know, support desk at, at risk as well because it's basically bundling everything up and saying, we'll, we'll just look after it. It's all cloud. Here it is. Crack on. It's the future. It, it's, maybe. 
Uh, here's something I didn't see coming. PayPal is going to be available as a pay um, provider on the App Store, uh, Apple Music and iTunes and various other Apple-based um, products. So I, I genuinely didn't see this coming, but they there's there's a, a deal's been done and you will have PayPal as a purchasing option uh, through those locations. Um, uh, wow. I, I, I had the same reaction. I was like, of all the things I expected, because there was lots of talk this year about... You know, Apple, Apple have got so many, you know, so you've got you know, your kind of Apple Pay and they stood that up for the last couple of years and it's really convenient. And they're bringing in the kind of pay to pay, I think, starting in America first, you know, so that I can, you know, I can send you money and all that kind of good stuff. And there was all that kind of thing about this is almost like an Apple bank starting to happen. Mm. It's just you're, you're they'll be, you'll do all your financial transactions in there. You'll just, well, and I was really, really yeah. surprised that PayPal got added in. Similarly, they've been already in, in iTunes in America. You could add them in as a, a payment option. I, I can only imagine that PayPal are able to offer a transaction cost that's lower than they've managed to get the internal transaction cost to be. Yeah, uh, maybe. Plus maybe. a licensing fee of some sort. Because, I, say, this is, where, this is where Apple make their money. This is, yeah. this is really why Apple are so cash rich. Is because it all comes into their systems direct to, at, at source. It doesn't, you know. So I, I, like that, I say I'm a bit stumped for words, but there must be an amazing deal in the background to make this happen. Yeah, I mean certainly the to, to show you where the, the where the kind of market thought um, the the share price of PayPal, you know, jumped. Hey, PayPal just because been, it's such a big move. PayPal it's been on a really long interesting journey hasn't it because it started out as quite an exciting sort of startup and then ebay bought them and then it obviously was all integrated with ebay and then it became known as just the way you bought things on ebay um but now it, they've been obviously in the recent years they've been trying to make that split again um and and actually be presented as this you know effectively like a friendly bank or you know payment even though it's a payment service effectively because you can store money in it you can have it in multiple currencies. You don't have to deal with, you know, various other things, and it's an easy way. So, th- so they've been re-, re sort of furnishing themselves, and now to get this, be association with Apple for them, I think is a is a massive step. Uh, one one byproduct of this, and I, I was it, I used to do this five six years ago, uh, but I think it's I think there's less need for it now. But you can easily now set up a US iTunes account. Mm. Um, there used to be the releases that were all in America. Um, yes, I think that's, that's right. yeah. I think that's less and less now. So I had a an iTunes America account, but I never added a credit card. So you could only get free apps. And a lot of the apps I wanted to try were free anyway, but there were some yeah. that were paid and I was like, uh, and you can you can get vouchers and I had to make it now, a bit of a faff. Yeah, so, so this offers an easy way of doing that now. Yeah. Yeah. Like I knew plenty of people that had two accounts yeah 100%. yeah and, and we'll come on to it when we when we discuss the switch later on because um shaq's been doing a bit of two accounting this mm, week okay I, I very much doubt to be honest that we'll ever know the the underlying financial details of this but i would be interested to know where it lies and say i think it's uh i think paypal will be doing a loss lead on this and actually spending some of their cash to get it done and, and uh, I mean, PayPal have also made thing about they're using their one-touch technology, so it's um, you can speed up checkout and web and 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 mobile. So again, having that within link to your Apple ID, I can just see lots of payments on websites just being so straightforward now. PayPal's you know, such a mature little for for website payments things like that. Yes, yeah, yeah. I just don't like PayPal. There's there's, no. there's too many scummy stories. So, sure, That's but some people thing. love it, and some yeah, people really I, I do agree. rate it as the only place they would use, and they actually see it as a, a badge of honor, you know, a badge of yeah. security. So, 
you know, and I think they have upped their game, shall we say. I think the, they've they've lost some of that. Edge. Yeah, the, the, the thing to watch out is if you're doing a payment online, they don't offer the same protections as credit card companies do. Mm. Um, so that's that's why I wouldn't use them for like a, a large purchase. You know, mm. I'd use it. See if I'm just buying like you know twenty dollars softwares and stuff. Dead easy. I've got like there's a hundred quid that's already in my account. I can just buy, 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 and it's fine. So I was buying anything that I, that I had. I thought it was any risk or you know I wanted that extra you know payment protection at a credit card office. I would always go credit card because even buying through PayPal off your credit card removes that protection. Mm, because yes, you're not getting that. Even though so, you're using that as a payment method, that yeah, you're, yeah, you've so only paid PayPal with that method. You absolutely. Paid to buy so it's it, just, yeah. just something to bear in mind, and, and mm-hmm. it's just it's yeah. Just okay, a, there, there you a, go. A bit more peace of mind. That could all be fake news, and who knows? Maybe they've changed all that. <laughs> so it's we'll not. say allegedly. <laughs> it's not. No, it is. That is true. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Oculus Rift have been back in our inboxes, tr- pushing their wares for a much reduced price. So over summer, they're going to be selling the Rift and controllers for three nine nine, um, which is kind of a that's kind of half price, basically for the Oculus Rift plus their controllers. Um, certainly from their kind of starting point price, um, and kind of brings it in line with um, PlayStation VR, which is also an interesting proposition. So. Obviously, we don't really, we've never really heard the numbers around these headsets and what they sell. VR, PlayStation VR is the only one that actually released them, and and there's firmly the belief that yeah, Oculus are in third place on this um, because they were late with their controllers when they in it. But they but they are in third place, but they've got a good proposition as, and it's it's still widely regarded as the best. I think I could, but that's that's also a bit of fake news. It depends a bit depends on what you want out of it. But I think they're certainly considered to be a good set of hardware. Um, yeah, and it looks like they're really pushing now. Maybe again, trying to not make money on the actual controllers to to then go and start making money because their market penetration grows. Yep. So it's I mean it's three nine nine dollars, but I just checked on Amazon. It is three nine nine pounds as well. Yeah, okay. um, we, with, we're with, seeing that one to one conversion so often now. It's normal. Apart from Apple, which is it's, it's a one to one point one. It goes higher in the UK. VAT, mate. VAT. Yeah. yeah right. Um, so. <laughs> It's it, it'll be interesting just to see if this is, and I think I mean, a couple of points just in what you were saying. I think, I think there's a kind of general perception that that the kind of if you look at the the kind of tracking technologies and the headsets, you know, Vive maybe slightly better than the Rift. Initially, the the, yeah. the controllers on the Vive were better, but I think people are saying the touch controllers are a step above the Vive. Just yeah. they're, they're newer, they're better. Um, and I think it just depends what you're looking for. See if you're just wanting yeah. to, you know, set a desk. You know, Rift Rift's probably where to go if you're looking for the room stuff. Vibes where to go. Um, there's lots of chat around these um, knuckles controllers, which are going to be a step up again because I think they're they're individually tracking, you know, your whole hand, and mm-hmm. and that's coming out for the Vive. So there is still a bit of a, I guess there's a, it's almost like a little arms race going on between these these guys. They're with the current headset, they're innovating with the, I guess the controllers, the interaction some, element of it. Yeah. yeah, at some point, but there's going to be a next gen. Um, so oh, yeah, hundred percent. I don't think it's that far away either, to be honest. No. So whether it's this year, whether it's a you know whether it's a next year, we'll just need to to wait and see. I'm sure both have got them, you know, in development, and we'll 100%. see a really big leap. In they're, because what they effectively, do. they're only mobile phones inside of big headsets. You know, they're not there's nothing too revolutionary. Uh, it's just about the actual getting it done. I think the biggest problem they've got is that they're they're kind of self cannibalizing with these cheap uh, models that they've all got now. Um, you know, these quick and easy, uh, whether it's the the gear or the I, I don't know the, the you know google's daydream all those kind of devices because 
they offer you know a good percentage of what the big headsets offer with hardly any of the hassle uh, and it gives people that experience and i think we'll see more of those devices coming i think you you mentioned before the podcast started that there's rumors that the next um th there's going to be a new rift device which is going to be a standalone headset oh it's um, a new oculus actually so it's a new oculus oh yeah it's the same thing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a saturday <laughs> afternoon um uh, but, but similarly there's some sort of standalone oculus it's 200 dollars. that's the price point they're aiming for and again is that similar to daydream and daydream is impressive when you see it you know so it's not it's not knocking what that is it makes it sound like we're really saying it's a piece of crap it's not no no 100% um, not no. Uh, but that seems to be where where this is going and i think it's to try and maybe it's to try and get away because certainly the it's an investment not only in in monetary terms because you need the gaming pc to drive these things but it's the it, it feels like an event you need to kind of set everything up and get yeah it, it's, you know, a, it's it is not, a big over time that's why mine's got less and less use is just because it is you do need to set everything up and you do need yeah. to clear the room and you need to do this that and the other and and, yeah. and you can't last very long in it because not not for me it wasn't ever the motion it was just it's just the heat and the you know the fact that you've got this thing over your face for so long you, you, you can't and i'm it. exactly the same so the vibe that i've used is i can you know crack on half an hour but then you, you realize you're quite sweaty and mm. You know, it's 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 not the most comfortable, and um, yeah. and obviously I tried the PlayStation VR, which just for whatever reason made me made me ick. Um, it's it's I'm I'm still really interested in it. It's interesting how ARs, you know, getting getting on the buzz, especially all the kind of iOS 11 demos that are flying around, that, mm -hmm. which, which just look awesome. Yeah. Um, but again, it's um, I I don't know. I'm not saying this is a bust, but it feels because it, because the same way with, with Oculus, they did this. It's a six weeks promotion. Um, but then they came out yesterday and says, but we're going to cut the price after the promotion as well. Because there was mm. lots of people saying there's new hardware coming. This is a lot of fire sale more than anything. And I think they've brought out the other press release to kind of say, no, no, we're going to keep selling this, but it'll be $100 more than what you can pay now. Yeah, so now is the time to buy it, maybe. <laughs> That's yeah. what they're saying. But yeah. yeah, but I also agree that there's something coming. There's some announcement, even if it's not an actual piece of hardware, it's an announcement. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, yeah. I think that's almost certain. But if you're looking for games as well, they're obviously got they've got a sale in their store at the moment as well to coincide with all this. So it's it's a great time if you want to go and buy some games. Um, and if you want VR, it's a perfect time because that okay. Given that there may be an announcement, you might be a bit cautious about it. But three nine nine for this headset. Um, unlikely we're going to see anything before Christmas, if not into next year anyway. So if you're into it. And you want it? This is a great way of doing it, but obviously you have to be a bit cautious that your PC does need to be up for it as well. Um, Overwatch, friend of the show, Overwatch, the game <laughs> uh, is look. It's a it's a massive online um, esports success, really, um, for an American title, um, and you know, looks like in the America they're they're going down the route of trying to push esports even further than it does now. Um, by having sort of city teams to try and get a bit like you know your football teams from your cities, and they're trying to get this with esports. Absolutely. So they're just they're trying to follow the same model. So um, they announced seven team owners this week. Um, who and the rumor is that they're looking at a twenty million um, buy-in from each of the owners. So this you isn't know, anyone who thinks esports is uh, you know kids playing on consoles. It's you, you you're much mistaken. There's some mega bucks going on here. 
There are, and this is a bet on the future because they're looking at twenty million buy-in to, to to you know to own a team right now, um, but there's no revenue sharing until twenty twenty-one. So they're basically yeah. saying. So not only are they putting up mega bucks, they're also have to be in it for the long haul. Otherwise, yeah. they they ain't being around. Yeah, and um, it, it'll be interesting to see where these are going. So, um, so Los Angeles team, um, the top of Miami Orlando team. San Francisco team, but it's also Shang, Shanghai, you know, Seoul, you yeah. know, so so worldwide. It's a big step, you know. It'll be interesting just to see where this goes. There's lots of big names there. There's lots of big um, in, investment, you know, names there. So and, and also from existing sports teams, you know. So we've seen the guy that that is the owner of New England Patriots has bought the right to the Boston one and New York Mets has got the New York City franchise and we've seen other we've seen we've seen another other esports, you know, seen like football teams across Europe, you know, almost like buying FIFA players because yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. you know that they, they know where this is going or they think mm. they know where they're going. It, this will be a big thing. Not only that, if 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 this works out and they can make this model work, um it's also you know, esport companies and owners generally don't stick with one esport. There's, you know, they just go and buy in talent across a whole range of different games. So if this is the one that actually sticks, their 20 million is going to seem like a really good investment in, you know, in five, 10 years time. Uh, if that, if this city idea kind of spreads, because one of the big problems that esports has got right now is that it's just so fluid and fluctuating you have some sort of common team names but effectively people re-roster every you know two or three months so nothing ever for a viewer nothing ever stays stable you're always chasing it just to keep up uh, i guess that's just the modern nature of it but i guess this is the idea that by giving some serious money and getting some serious backing in here the teams have to take this seriously it can't just be kids in their bedroom it you know it's it's a serious bit of business and people actually have to put the time in and effort in uh, in a serious manner to go and do it um and it certainly it'd be interesting to see whether the players respond to that and actually want to be involved in that i guess the the money's going to be enough for them to be interested but the money will dictate it and i think as you're saying i mean the reality is a lot of these guys i mean they are training you know 10 12 hours a day oh, you know they're, they're on they're, they're on, on twitch like 16 hours a day i yeah. don't know how you do it i can possibly yeah. you know they're, they're, they are they, that is their job that is their career it is a fairly short career you know it's whatever, a, yeah whatever you think of it they they are putting in the hours as much as any you know you know so and, and, and yeah. i guess that's the, that's the thing lots of people still especially existing sports people yeah. dismiss it as this isn't a sport it's well define what a sport is you know and that's that's, we've we've had this conversation before how do you define a sport if it's trying to just be as excellent as you can at a task and in fact in some ways these are the most pure tasks because they run on a an absolute underlying logic rather than a you know having any variabilities as far as weather and uh, condition stuff like that goes and we've seen from many you know we've, we've talked about it before you you enjoy watching like halo and you've watched other you know esports i've watched a couple as well but you, you you're seeing this you're seeing you're seeing things like drone racing you know there's a mm. kind of emergence of new you know new uh, and we'll say sports that people enjoy watching find really entertaining and uh you know they're, they're growing their own market you know it's not a yeah, it's I'm not, happy it's for not them to be known as esports right now. It gives that distinction, and you know, it, but it's but I'd still say there's an incredible amount of skill on show when you've actually tried to play a game and then you watch people playing it at the you know ten levels above where you are. You don't even imagine it's possible. It's like seeing someone playing a piano that you just wouldn't believe that that you can press those notes in that order and make it do the things. It's a, yep. it's, it's pretty. I mean, you watch any of the drone racing. It is 
I mean, that is wipeout without weapons. It is amazing when you see the skills that are on show and the speeds yeah. are going at. It is... When I first watched that, I thought it was going to be, you know, a joke and a, a little bit of a um, really kind of amateurish, but actually it's already uh, incredibly uh, professional. Those those <laughs> those guys could pilot. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, you compare it to something like, uh, you know, you've seen things like the Red Bull air race kind of things, mm. and that's just one person going around. And it's, yes, it's good to watch, but there's I never found it particularly exciting. Whereas you see the drone racing stuff and people are proper racing and it's like, jeez, yeah. that's... Yeah, and, and I'd say the presentation was a little bit slow-paced in certain times and, and so they, they've it's probably got to work on... Yeah. They, they've got to work on work on that element of it, but the actual flights and the, and the control on show and the, the it was pretty amazing. Anyway, yeah. we'll see where this goes. I think it's going to be a thing. I think this is an interesting punt. I don't think this punt's necessarily going to work. I don't think regional teams is going to stick it based uh, certainly not now because people move or people you know I, I, yeah I, who knows who knows it's too 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 um i think it's too opposed to or opposition to what they do now basically we'll see anyway enough of all this nonsense indeed tell us about your switch yeah i bought a switch so i actually it was <laughs> i guess it's nintendo doing their thing by restricting availability um you know, every time you go to the shop, it says not available. And then suddenly one day you see one and you think, oh, I'll, go, I'll grab it then while I can. So that's kind of what I did. Uh, and I have been using that along with um, Mario Kart 8 and Breath of the Wild Zelda. And I have to say I've been impressed by a little system that is a glorified mega tablet. Um, but it's done <laughs> in an incredibly... Uh, Nintendo way it's it's charming in many ways I think that's a great way of describing it and I think Zelda as a game is also incredibly charming and still I'm still it's still expanding in what it's offering me at the moment so I'm still going through that kind of growing within the game phase learning more and more about it Um, and yeah it just goes to show that graphics aren't everything resolution isn't the thing that you should be chasing necessarily you need to go and create some nice in it it's quite it's nice to be surrounded in nintendo world isn't it sometimes all that kind of bubbliness um but the, the system itself it's nice interface nice and straightforward there's nothing much to it it doesn't have all the prav paraphernalia in fact it's a bit lacking in that so you'd expect it to have like a web browser and you expect it to be able to stream netflix which i've understand is coming but it's all not there at the moment um or at least it's rumored that it could be coming um so yeah it's it's kind of a it's yeah, I don't know how to summarise it really. The only, the, my only downside I've had so far is um, I find some of the controls on the standard Joy Cons a little bit twitchy for fine control sometimes. Although I have to say, I'm getting better at it. Uh, I'm just used to that bigger range of movement that you get um, from a from a full size pad. I'm just not willing to spend sixty quid on a game pad for the pro version, um, which is what Nintendo are charging. I think. It is, and and that that pad is a lovely piece of hardware. And mm. um, but generally, and and if I if I've got it plugged into TV, I will use that because it is mm-hmm. it is lovely, um, and far better than the, the two Joy Cons yeah, plugged into that bit, piece of plastic. Yeah, you know, I, I I mean I quite like that little grip, right. the grip. I find it fine. I yeah. just find it when the when the Joy Cons are attached to the actual um, tablet itself, I find my hands are just a bit too big for it. I, they, they I do definitely cramp after a little while. Yeah, I've not cut, but I, 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 I would generally, you know, half hour to an hour, and then put it down. And that's, and that's the best thing about it is it's so quick to boot. You can have it either hooked up to your TV, or you can actually just 
pick it up and off you go as a, as a device. So in that respect, I, I mean, the other reason I bought it, other than having an insurance payout on my race car, <laughs> and therefore having a fair bit of cash ready to uh, to, to walk oh, down. That's yeah, a yeah, sad story. It was a sad story. Uh, and then, but... Um, yeah, the, I'm going to I'm going back to Tokyo in a couple of weeks' time, and just ha- having that available on a flight, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And see that whole pick up and play, you know. So again, you know, qualifying is a bit dull this afternoon. Did a couple of Mario Kart races, you know. Yeah. And it, was, it was just that was more entertaining. Um, and there's other times, even and I know this is going to sound terrible, but you know, I'll wake up, can't get to sleep. It's four in the morning. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll I'll do a bit of Mario. <laughs> I know I shouldn't, but it's just I'm just lying there and I'm like, can't get sleep, can't get sleep, can't get sleep. And I'll just do that for 40, 50 minutes rather than depress myself on Twitter. <laughs> I guess the only other bit of feedback I'd say is at the moment, as with all consoles, it's taking a little while for the big titles to start getting released. Uh, they, you know, they were very sport with Zelda to start with, so it's taking a little while to build up. Um, and obviously, being a Nintendo, it's also expensive, uh, relatively speaking, to the so, other consoles. So you're always so- paying more. Yeah, I agree. The, the expense, yeah, on this is slightly dear. The only, the only thing I would say about the titles is you've got you obviously have picked out two amazingly great standout titles. I mean, they'll be up there for you know, Zelda, certainly the game of the year for a lot of people. Yeah, um, it'll be 100%. hard to hard to beat that. Um, Mario is such a you know Mario Kart is, is an amazing game. Um, Arms came out last month, and 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 loads of people are loving that. Just saying, it's such a fantastic game, but it's just not for me. And I think we discussed it. You know. Off, it's an, it's, a, podcast, it's basically it's... A, a game of the Wii type style where you're actually interacting with your Joy-Cons in a physical way and it's yeah it's just not something I'm going to enjoy that much. Yeah, and, and Splatoon comes out. Again, lots of people love Splatoon. So I think mm-hmm. there's a... But the, the other thing to the credit is every week there's a new game, you know, kind of smaller arcade types, but, there's, but there is an amazing library there now. Yeah, um, yeah. So, it's... so they're, they're, it's kind of their indie games, isn't it? They release them onto their, yeah. you know, their their store and yep there's a good number in there i guess the problem is that you you then need to go and look at the reviews and most you of do. them are, none of them have come out stellar yet oh disagree some of them have been amazing some of them have been so even like um so shack he wanted he's he's taking a train trip on monday mm-hmm. um to pick up a new car and um that he wanted case story and which is out in the uk next week but out in america this week so mm-hmm. created an american account went and bought it and um, and Cave Story has been it's a ten year old game, but you know there's been a number of they've you know they've done you know Shovel Knight's another one, um, even when you go in the charts, I think Minecraft's probably still up there as a number one game. You know it's it's, it's always up there. Yeah, they they do actually have a fairly good like, library. It's I'm kind just, of refusing to buy Minecraft again. I've bought it about six times. And I'm not I'm, I never I, play it for very long. No, and I was the same. I was like, maybe this is the. I was like, don't do it, you fool. <laughs> Because I bought it in the Mac, and I must admit, I, I was spending a number of hours, and I quite enjoyed the whole, you know, yeah. creating stuff and doing my own thing. And and I was like, why am I doing this? And I just as soon as I thought about it, I stopped. Exactly the same for me. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> it's not offering me enough to get. You know. No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um. So yeah, I'm really enjoying the Switch. Uh, like I say, bit more expensive than I'd ultimately like. That's Nintendo's. That's why they make money rather than not make money. I think they've hit the ground running with this console. I think they've struck gold. Um, they just need to, for me, just keep that ticking over with the big games, as ever. Um, but we've got some big games coming up. We've got Mario, which Odyssey, which by all intents sounds like it's going to be an amazing game. Um, they've got things like um, what's the one <laughs> I'm trying to think of? Uh, not Morrowind. Um, 
Anyway, there's loads coming out. There's lots coming out. I just yeah. can't remember the name of the title. I've been drinking too much coffee. My brain's <laughs> working quicker than... No, my mouth's working quicker than my brain is. Right, enough. Let's talk. stop talking rubbish. Um, that's it for this podcast. Unless, Ian, you've got anything else you want to talk about. No, nope, all done. Perfect. Right then. So if you want to find out more, <laughs> rather than listen to me blabber on, go digitaloutbox.com. It's much more succinct. Uh, info at digitaloutbox.com is the email address and digitaloutbox is Twitter. Um, you can find me uh, on Twitter as CheesyUK. You can find out all about how my car got ruined on academyracer.co.uk. Uh, and Ian, where can we find you? Uh, Twitter as Sweeper, blog as iand.net. And I think in the next week I will get my iPad thoughts up because I've had it for four or five weeks now. So yes. it's, it's a bit more considered than just that. Oh, this is great. Although I'll probably just say it's great. But, but no. <laughs> it's home. a more considered great <laughs> too long didn't read it's great <laughs> <laughs> right. so thank you very much for listening and we'll talk to you again soon cheers bye bye Ta-da. Buttery. <laughs> is that that the challenge? Talk about talk about sure how nice this, talk talk about how nice the screen is without saying buttery. <laughs> so you always think it's a Google it's thing. No, I always think it's a Google thing because they kept on talking about how everybody loved iOS because it was all nice and smooth, and Android was jerky jerky. And they kept on there was that there was that year or two that every time they stood on stage, it says it's buttery smooth. Yeah, and it it, it was okay. <laughs> It yeah, was like hundred percent. It was like hard. It was a like hard butter out the fridge. It was, it was, it was all right. <laughs> I think they're there now, though. I think they're there now. Butter, butter, butter. Well, they've had ten years to copy it, so. <laughs> <laughs>